Hey, welcome to Every Night's of School Night, number 68. And it's funny to think about, not that long ago, not terribly long ago, Every Night's of School Night and Night School were running neck and neck in terms of number of episodes. And that's well out the window, long gone now, as Night School, I think, has over double the amount of episodes as this show. I mean, they're really just one show. It's all just an illusion that they're separate shows. But it's funny to say that even because a good friend of mine who was a big listener of this show early on when I first started doing it uh, gave me a lot of encouragement. He had missed the last few years and he had missed the whole night school uh, thing. He wasn't even sure what it was because he, I, I uh, he came and visited and he was like, so what's up with night school? He's like, I was listening to it, and you were talking about a song, and then you never played it. And I, he's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even know what to tell you. I don't think he was put off. He was just confused. And he was someone, too, who used to say that he preferred the dialogue of every night's a school night uh, over the music. You know, he was, he was entertained by the dialogue, but, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to want once you get it. <laughs> so having a show of just dialogue with no standards, no filter, might not be what anybody wants. But anyway, here we are, every night to school night number 68. And I'm going to start things off with a song from an obscure Bronx doo-wop, Bronx doo-wop, doo-wop. It's a doo-wop group, uh, a doo-wop group from the Bronx called The Visuals. And the song is called Dreams Are For Fools. And this is a very obscure group, but there's an interesting story here. It's from the early 60s. One of the members of this group went on to become a made member of the Mafia. And he was actually a participant in a very infamous murder, the murder of Mafia boss Paul Castellano in the mid-80s. And as a witness testified... uh, the member of this group, uh, Vinny Artuso. He was part of the hit team, but his gun malfunctioned. It wouldn't fire. So he he didn't actually fire any of the fatal shots, but he was nonetheless part of this mafia hit team. And uh, it's the first full-blown mafia guy I've come across who was a member or involved directly in any kind of doo-wop group, which is kind of surprising when you think about it because there are a lot of peripheral connections just with a lot of, especially the East Coast groups being predominantly Italian uh, and just coming from those sorts of neighborhoods. But in this case, this guy, he was a member of this group, the Visuals, Vinnie Artuso. And the group obviously didn't pan out. They didn't become famous uh, and don't even have a cult following or anything like that. And he went on to become a, a real gangster, served a lot of prison time, not a super well-known name in mafia circles, but uh, not unknown by any means either. I believe he's in prison now or recently got out. If you Google his name, nothing about doo-wop comes up. It's all just information about his crimes, his involvement in organized crime. And as someone who's interested in both doo-wop and organized crime, naturally this group is of interest to me even though I haven't heard anything else from them, aside from this song, which is called Dreams Are For Fools, which is oddly fitting, too, when you think about the fact that this guy's dream of being a doo-wop singer didn't pan out, and so what does he do? He becomes a, you know, a career criminal. Uh, so Dreams Are For a Fool. Somebody might think that's sad. You know, it brings to mind a Bronx tale, not just because, you know, a Bronx tale does have some of that Bronx doo-wop scene in it. I don't think any of the characters are doo-wop singers in A Bronx Tale, but the movie starts out with a a, a street corner doo-wop group singing, and it was obviously, it took place in this era, and it was meant to highlight that Bronx doo-wop scene, which was one of the more well-known scenes, because Dion and the Belmonts were from the Bronx. They were from the exact same neighborhood as these guys, the visuals. But while these guys never achieved any fame, and one of the members resorted to crime, of course, Dion, on the, Dion and the Belmonts are arguably 
the most famous doo-wop group. I mean, I can't think of a doo-wop group who had more hits. And not only more hits, but truly good songs. You know, as someone who highlights a lot of the obscure doo-wop, I have to say, you know, I also like the very popular groups as well. And Dion and the Belmonts, uh, you know, might be considered the most successful doo-wop group. Uh, definitely the most definitive. Definitely the most definitive. Definitely definitive. And interestingly, too, not to go on too long here, but uh, I was doing a little search before this episode a couple days ago. I was looking up Vinnie Artuso, the doo-wop singer turned gangster. And I should add, I don't think he was the lead vocalist. I think he was one of the backing vocalists. Uh, but Vinnie Artuso, I was looking him up, and his relatives run a bakery in the Bronx to this day. And uh, one of their claims to fame is that Dion DiMucci from Dion and the Belmonts still goes there for cookies when he's in town. And and that there was a funny side story there where uh, there's the original Artuso family bakery in the Bronx, and I guess a niece started her own branch in the suburbs. Uh, I think Yonkers, I don't know if that's technically the suburbs, but it's not New York City. And she chose a domain name for her bakery, a, a website name that the original one, her uncle, was running. Not the gangster, but the gangster's brother. He was running the original bakery, and he was really upset at the domain name she chose because he felt it took business away from him. So there was this interfamily dispute over a domain name, and it's just funny that it connects to this gangster. And I'm going to play a, a song here by a gangster. It's very rare. I don't think it's ever been done on this show before. I don't, I don't think I've played a song with a gangster singing on it, even if he's one of the backing vocalists, which I think he is. Uh, this is a first, a, a true gangster doo-wop song. Uh, the visuals, dreams are for fools. Give up your dreams and become a gangster. Don't be a fool. Dreams are for fools. 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 saddest thing in the world is wasted talent. 
That's the famous line from A Bronx Tale. Uh, And it's in reference to the main kid. The main kid having to make the right choices in life, whether or not to be a, a gangster or something more. And yeah, that last song being a Bronx doo-wop song where one of the members became a gangster really does bring to mind that Bronx tale quote. Um, But someone might argue that being a gangster is an even greater talent than being a marginal doo-wop singer. I don't know. You know, it's all in the eye of the beholder because not everybody can become a successful gangster. Talent is in the eyes of the beholder much like beauty. I'd say that group was talented, though. I'd say the visuals were talented based on my limited exposure to them, uh, based on that song alone, although it was just cookie-cutter doo-wop, which I love. You know, I do love cookie-cutter doo-wop, and I actually make an effort, maybe not an effort, but I do consciously avoid playing too much of the cookie-cutter stuff on this show because there's so much of it out there, both well-known groups and lesser-known groups as well. Of just that straight up, I mean, that last song, you know, you really could have uh, exchanged it with any number of other groups from that era. So I try to find things that have a little bit of a unique flair. But what I did like about it is it was a pretty raw production. It wasn't overproduced at all. Um, But I do love the cookie cutter sound. So even though I don't, I try not to play it too much on here. I do love it. And I do use the word doo-wop, the phrase doo-wop, very liberally on this show as well. I think a lot of what I call doo-wop isn't necessarily your typical doo-wop sound. But most of it is at least informed by doo-wop. Informed by similar melodies, similar approaches to pop music. So why over-explain it? You know, just like every other word I use, doo-wop is a placeholder word, too. I just don't have a better word to describe many of the things I play. But that last group, you you don't get more doo-wop than that. And let's stay in that Bronx scene. Let's stay in that Bronx doo-wop scene for a second. And since we've played an obscure group, let's actually go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'm going to play a couple songs here. And the first one is going to be by Dion DiMucci, uh, the the guy who, you know, speaking of cookie-cutter doo-wop, uh, you know, I mentioned how apparently he still goes to the Artuso Bakery to buy Pignoli cookies, as the article I read says. So it's not just cookie-cutter, but the man himself, he likes to go to the old bakery and get a special kind of cookie. They're special Pignoli cookies. I, I don't think I've ever had one. I had to look it up when I read it. A pignoli cookie. Uh, you know what I want right now? A pignoli cookie. Have you ever had one? No. That's why I want one. Uh, but anyway, this is going to be Dion DiMucci, not with the Belmonts. They may have actually provided the backing vocals here, but it was released just under the name Dion. That's how famous he was, as he could just release records under the name Dion. This is before Dion Warwick. This is before uh, there were a million football players named Dion. Just D-I-O-N, Dion DiMucci. So he released this just under his own name. And it's Sandy, and it's a great track. Uh, Sandy. Uh, This is before Grease, too. This is before, you know, Grease took hold of the name Sandy. It was something else. This is its own thing. It's Dion. And uh, I'm going to follow this up with another solo track by a member of the Belmonts. So starting out with Dion, who obviously would have done solo material. I mean, if you had been living back then and you'd seen you were a fan of Dion and the Belmonts, I doubt it was much of a surprise that Dion would break out on his own. The group was already named Dion and the Belmonts. Uh, But one of the backing singers in the Belmonts had his own solo career, too, and clearly informed by Dion DiMucci's, uh, you know, singular naming of himself, Dion, uh, Carlo, one of the Belmonts named Carlo, he decided to embark on a solo career and just call himself Carlo. He wasn't going to be outdone by Dion, although that, that would have been a great name for a song, outdone by Dion. Um... Uh, But no, he decided to go by just Carlo himself. And, you know, I'm not even sure what his last name is. 
So he sort of did himself a disservice. Dion DiMucci was famous enough to where I know his last name, but I also know that he went by the solo name Dion on records. But Carlo decided that, you know, he, he kind of made a little assumption that he'd be a little more memorable than he was maybe. Because uh, I don't know what the fuck his last name is, but his solo career was under the name Carlo. Carlo. And so this is going to be Dion with Sandy and Carlo with Little Orphan Girl, both members of the Belmonts who embarked on solo careers.
Yeah, I decided to look up old Carlo's last name while that was playing. Carlo Mastrangelo. It'd be funny if it wasn't an Italian name. It's like Carlo Smith. Carlo Smith. That's always funny when someone has a very ethnic first name and their last name is just something uh, very waspy. But, uh, yeah, Carlo Mastrangelo, I felt like. If I'm playing his music, I should at least mention his last name. Although he apparently didn't think it was worth mentioning himself. Otherwise, he would have recorded under the name. Otherwise, you would have used the name on your records. Carlo Mastrangelo. Um, but uh, we're going we're gonna to stay with the idea of singular artist names. And these are going to be two songs by a fellow named Ivan. I've got Ivan on the brain, too. I, I just read, I finished reading Ivanhoe for the first time, and I'm not going to turn this into a full book report, although I'd like to. Although I'd like to. I'd love to, to talk all about Ivanhoe. Maybe I'll save that for a night school when there's no filter on this thing. Uh, yo, what was up with night school, man? You're talking about Ivanhoe, but I had no idea what Ivanhoe was about. I received it as a gift. Uh, my entire life, I assumed Ivanhoe was about like a Russian on a rowboat, something like that, just based on the name. I didn't know that it was, you know, the basis for basically all modern medieval stories, including Robin Hood, our modern interpretation of Robin Hood, the whole night jousting tournament. The Knights Templar, I mean, there's so much to it. Really an incredible book. Very dark, not overdone. But if you're one of these people who's out there and you're like, you know, life's going to suck forever if the, the, the last Game of Thrones book never comes out. Life's going to suck. I'm going to complain about it forever. I, I would just ask you, have you read Ivanhoe? Have you read Ivanhoe? And I don't mean to be one of those person, one of those people who's just like... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know who I don't mean to be like right now. Because I would just say, if you're one of these people, though, who's just, you know, waiting with your fingers tapping for for some Game of Thrones book that's never going to come out, I would just say, have you read Ivanhoe? And if you have, then great. But if you haven't, I would say go to that. Uh, but anyway, this artist, Ivan, simply Ivan. And like the last two artists I played... I think he probably had some confidence in using his first name only because he was part of a more well-known group too, and that's the Crickets, which were Buddy Holly's backing band. And I don't know what the fuck is up with Ivan here. You know, seriously, like it's it must be joke music given his vocals and just given everything about it, but I don't know that. I guess I haven't done enough research to know, but I mean, I almost wonder if it was just like he... Because he, he became a solo artist after Buddy Holly died, and I believe both these songs are from the late 50s. I believe both these songs came out shortly after Buddy Holly died. I almost wonder if it was like he just he was able to get a record deal because he was coasting on the fact that he was part of Buddy Holly's backing band. Uh, I don't know. It might be joke music. I mean, it obviously brings to mind stuff like The Shags, Stuff that's developed a cult following, like in that whole, oh, it's so bad, it's good. I like really bad B-horror movies because they're so bad, they're good. And I used to be more into stuff like that. I used to be more into stuff. It's just like any joke that I let leave my lips where it's like, it's what starts out as a joke just becomes serious and, and it becomes my new reality and that's how it used to be with stuff when I was growing up and I liked something because it was so bad it's good it just became good it was no longer so bad it's good it simply became something that I considered good or sincere it's once again that word I hate to use but I don't have a better one which is post-ironic where you just become that thing that you were joking about or that you jokingly thought you liked and maybe part of that is you joke about it because you do like it but you need to have some sort of barrier you're giving some kind of resistance because you feel like you shouldn't like it but you secretly do um, I feel like that can apply to any number of things that go on in people's lives uh, but in this case, uh, I do genuinely like these songs by Ivan, but there's no doubt they're really goofy. 
I mean, you can't possibly not hear, you, you can't possibly hear these songs and not immediately think joke music, which I don't like. You know, I don't like joke music. I don't like joke songs. You know, when I was growing up, I remember going through phases of that where there were artists who just played joke songs and thinking that that was listenable. And I don't feel that way at all anymore. It's been many years since I've, you know, and I'm not talking about Weird Al. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about like real bands who have funny lyrics or try to be witty. And I just don't have any place for that in my life. Yet I do have a place for Ivan here. Ivan Ho, Ivan here. Ivan Ho, Ivan here. Anyway, these songs are by Ivan, a former member of the Crickets, Buddy Holly's backing band. Uh, and the first song is That'll Be All Right. And the second song is Real Wild Child. Uh, so whether you, whether it's, whether it's unlistenable joke music or whether you can take it a little bit seriously and sincerely, it's up to you. But I'm just playing the music here. Away. He said I was bad, he said I was the worst That did have, they used to say to me Enjoy life, we'll find a girl that'll be your wife Well, that'll be alright, alright by me That'll be alright, yes sirree Well, that'll be alright, anything you say That'll be alright, all through the day Leave me alone, let me be free That'll be alright, right by me
keep on moving wild While I keep on swinging, baby I'm a real wild child Wanna know my name? I'm a wild child Yeah, even if it's not a joke, that doesn't mean you have to take it seriously. And that could apply to anything in life. Just because it's not a joke doesn't mean you have to take it seriously. And I think if you don't already think that way, maybe you should. Maybe you should. And Ivan there, he kind of created a little groove I'm going to follow. And I don't mean a musical groove, I mean a rut. A line in the sand, because that's what a line in the sand is. It's a rut. It's a, a groove. I'm talking about a physical groove, something that has been carved that you can then follow, something that has been dug out. And with real wild child there, uh, you know, if you like wild children, if you like the idea of wild children, as suggested by Ivan, you'll love Wild Angels. And that's the name of this next group, the Wild Angels with Midnight Rider, which is obviously a motorcycle song, and I don't care at all about motorcycles. I'm not one of these people who thinks they're that cool. You know, I don't think cars are cool either. I'm not a motor vehicle guy. Even though I think in nothing but car metaphors, even though probably 90% of my brain power involves car metaphors, trying to figure out life in, in terms of cars. Uh, you know, I don't really like them that much. I like driving. It's fun to drive, but I'm just, I'm not into the mechanics. I'm not into the, you know, the components of cars and definitely not motorcycles. And, you know, speaking of A Bronx Tale earlier, one of my favorite scenes in any movie, really, to the point where, like, I don't look up movie scenes on YouTube just to get excited. But every, you know, probably five times a year, I'll look up that biker scene from A Bronx Tale where the bikers come in and bust up the bar and the gangsters beat them up. It's one of the best fight scenes in any movies. And they have doo-wop playing in the background. They, they have the Ten Commandments of Love playing in the background while that scene is playing out. Uh, and, you know... I mentioned already that famous line from A Bronx Tale, uh, the saddest thing in the world is wasted talent. Well, the other most famous line from that movie is in that biker scene, which is, now you can't leave. He tells him to leave, and they refuse. And so he goes and he locks the door, and then the gangsters come in with baseball bats, and they just like beat the living hell out of the bikers, who don't look cool to me. I don't think bikers look cool. Long, scraggly hair and leather vests. Like, the whole biker chic thing just isn't cool to me. And if you're into that, cool. It isn't cool to me, but if you're into that, cool. I'm not telling you not to think bikers are cool. And probably once a year, I get on some weird kick where I'll read about motorcycle gangs. But it only lasts about a half hour. Uh, <laughs> which sounds like some magic... I'm, like, it sounds like I'm describing something uh, supernatural. Once a year... I get interested in motorcycle gangs, but it only lasts a half hour. And then it turns into a magical slipper. And then the motorcycle turns back into a pumpkin. The picture of a motorcycle I'm looking at turns back into a picture of a pumpkin. The, the Hells Angels Wikipedia page I'm looking at turns into a Wikipedia page about pumpkins. Uh, but anyway, Wild Angels here with a... This song's uncharacteristic of me for multiple reasons. One, it's about motorcycles. And two, it's, you know, a, a rockin'. It's kind of a... You know, it's rock and roll, rockabilly. It's way more in that category than anything else I play. But it's memorable and it's good. It's by the Wild Angels, man. It's by the Wild Angels. Wild Angels, man. Um... And uh, so Midnight Rider by the Wild Angels. We're just following a wild groove here. And not a wild musical groove. Literally a wild rut. A physical rut that has been carved out and we can't help but go down it. I'm sitting right here just looking at your picture Wishing you were here with me
specifically pertain to motorcycles it was hard to hear them the vocals are buried which i like because so much production even today emphasizes the vocals and it's especially egregious in music like you'll hear it in heavy metal sometimes where the vocal track is mixed way too loud by someone who doesn't know what they're doing because they're so used to mixing popular music where the vocal track is supposed to be the most prominent thing And it just sounds really out of place when someone's screaming or yelling to have the vocal track that high. Uh, But I'm a fan of buried vocals. Not completely buried, but where the vocals have to fight a little bit to get through. And that was obviously a particularly raw recording. Uh, but I, So I couldn't totally hear the lyrics, but I may have assumed that it's about a motorcycle when it wasn't. But there's no question that the Wild Angels lived up to their name. They sound like Wild Angels. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're, we're going down a wild path here. And I'm not turning around from it. I'm not on a motorcycle. I'm only in a metaphorical car. But I'm not turning around while I'm on this wild path. And so I'm going to play another wild song, and it's by a group called The Distincts. Awkward sounding name. The Distincts. You could just see them gathered around trying to come up with a name for their group. Well, I want to come up with something distinct. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Something distinct. Well, you know, the Uniques? We call ourselves the Uniques. It's got too many cues. It's got too many cues. I I don't want to be in a band that starts with a U and has a fucking Q in it. Well, how about the Distincts? The Distincts. Uh, yeah. That's how they come up with their name. I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about this group, but I know how they came up with their name. I know that. It's a a lucky guess, but I know it. Just because it's a lucky guess doesn't mean I don't know it. The Distincts, but their song is called Running Wild for You. You know, this theme is obvious. I'm not trying to make this subtle. I'm not trying to make the, the current theme very subtle. Just like the last two songs, it has the word wild in it. Or rather, you know... It was the artist on the last song who had the word wild in it. But the word wild is there right now, and we're not avoiding it. In fact, we're running wild for you. Which is interesting, because you think running wild tends to be something you're doing for yourself. You're having a good time. You're having a wild time. The idea of running wild for someone else is a new idea to me. (laughs) I've never thought about doing it for someone else. I'm doing this for you. I guess that's the idea of peer pressure, maybe. And this song doesn't seem to be about peer pressure, but I'm running wild for you, baby. Every time I see you walking down the street My heart begins to pound a double beat and darling, every time I see a smile You make my crazy heart go running wild Running wild for you, wanting, wanting my love Running wild for you, only one I'm dreaming of that you wiggle every time when I see you walk The way that you giggle every time when I hear you talk 
Make me flip or you set my heart on fire You make my crazy heart go broad and wild Run and wild for you Warning, warning your love Run and wild for you The only one I'm dreaming of You make my crazy heart go Running wild You're running should know who that was. You should know the Leuven Brothers by now. If you've heard any shows that I've done, you know, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, they may be among the most recurring characters. The most recurring characters among these 68 episodes, and they've had a good recurring role in my life, and I'm sure I go off on a similar tangent every time I play them, but... Uh, When my mom passed away recently, a good friend of mine sent me a Leuven Brothers box set, eight CDs, the Bear family uh, box set, and so nice to have right now. I've been driving and listening to a lot of the Leuvens, and it's really nice how they just kind of fit in. You know, the Leuven Brothers just fit in to my life when needed and when not needed. They just fit in. Uh, sort of like uh, how they just fit into this wild groove that we're on, this wild rut. Not a bad rut. A rut doesn't have to be bad, as long as you know you're in it. I think if you know you're in a rut, you can do something in that rut. I'm not in a rut right now. I should say that. I'm not in a rut. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, just because you think you're in a rut doesn't mean you can't get a full range of motion. You know, your legs might be stuck, but you can still move your arms. Uh, But, uh, yeah, both those songs, uh, The Distincts, Running Wild for You, followed by the Leuven Brothers, You're Running Wild, Running Wild for You, and You Are Running Wild. And as the Leuven brothers said in that song, how long can this go on? Well, it's going to go on until this next song. And if the Leuven brothers are familiar to you, 
from this show, from being played on this show so much. This is going to be by someone who older fans of the show, and by that I don't mean age-wise, I don't mean older in terms of age, but people who have been listening to this show uh, since the earliest days are going to know this name because it's by the patron saint of the show. And I can't imagine starting out 2020, every night to school night in 2020, without playing this guy. And the name of the song will be very evident. And it's the perfect way to cap this little wild rut, this wild path we've been on. So run wild while you're young and do the things you want to do. I traveled this world over all by myself. The thing that satisfies me, Lord, is not on the shelf. I'm on a machine and told me, son, don't be a fool. This world is full of men to let them on their rule. Run wild while you're young and do the things you want to do. Morning, I'm feeling mighty bad. I must have had a big time. I made my friends all mad. I run out of money in the middle of the night. I wrote a hot check in his jail as a sign. So run wild while you're young and do the things you wanna do. Left me and I'm on in the blues. I walked a hundred miles or more and wore out my shoes. I think I'm going crazy. Well, what am I going to do? I think I'll join the Legion and see the world through. So run wild while you're young and do the things you want to do. I feel the rocket ship and deep lot of room. I go and get my baby and we'll fly to the moon. We'll leave all our worries and cares behind. And when we get in faith, everything will be fine. So run wild while you're young and do the thing you want to do. I'm sure there were at least a couple of you out there, a couple of you loyal listeners who weren't surprised at all to hear that. Weren't surprised. But just because you're not surprised doesn't mean you can't get excited. In the same way that, you know, just because something's not a joke doesn't mean you have to take it seriously. Just because something's not a surprise doesn't mean you can't get excited. We live in this spoiler alert world. Oh my God, life sucks because uh, got spo- the ending got spoiled. Oh my God, I got to cover my ears. You didn't tell me you were going to talk about spoilers. You know, this fucking world we live in where... I love the world, by the way. Truly, I do. But I see that sometimes where it's like, spoiler alert. And I'm just... It's embarrassing because it's like, I get it. We don't want to have these completely predictable twists and turns that happen in just about every story in life spoiled for us. I get it. It's fun to be surprised. But at the same time, a surprise doesn't, you know, having a surprise taken away from you doesn't ruin a good story. A truly good story manages to, you know, the the power of that story outweighs a spoiler. But I get it. I do. I get it. I don't mean to go off on people who don't want to have uh, stranger things spoiled for them or whatever the hell you're worried about. (laughs) Uh, But that ends that little wild path we went down. There's no better way to end it than with Jimmy J. Feels just right to be playing him right now. And for that reason, that's not going to be the only Jimmy J. I play here. I'm going to do a full-on block. I'm going to do a Jimmy J. block. And I'm going to do a couple songs of his that I've never played on here before. And one of them's called You're As Cheap As You Can Be 
but you're everything to me. And the but you're everything to me is in parentheses. Because that's something I always love, especially in country song titles, but in song titles in general, when there's a need to put something in parentheses. Because usually like the basic part of the title, the main part of the title, it's not in parentheses. It says something, but it's not a complete thought. And then there's this other, the other shoe drops in the parentheses. So it's, you're as cheap as you can be, and then the other shoe drops, but you're everything to me. Uh, So that's a good song title, a good song. And that's going to be followed up with, you're still with me. You're as cheap as you can be, but you're everything to me, followed by, you're still with me. Those songs go together, those titles go together rather well. And the third song, it's going to be one that uh, is not new to the show and it's not new to me because it's the very song that got me into Jimmy J originally. And I'm not even going to say the name of it here. You're just going to listen. So a Jimmy J bl- <clears throat> a Jimmy J block here. It's Every Night's a School Night 2020. We have certainly not forgotten patron Saint Jimmy J. You're cheap as you can be, but you're everything to me. You talk too much, you flirt too much, yet I thrill at your every touch. You dress too loud, but I'm so proud you by my side you promise things you never do yes you're the same old you you're cheap as you can be but you're everything to me
I've never walked 300 miles of steel. I've walked 13, though. I've walked 13 miles of steel. Uh, Back in my hometown, there were some railroad tracks that we used to hang out on and and walk growing up. And uh, some years back, a good friend of mine and I found out that they were going to be taking the railroad tracks out and converting it into a, a path, a paved pathway for people to walk or run. And uh, some years before that, the train had been decommissioned. And what better place is there to walk and hang out than decommissioned railroad tracks? And why not just leave them? You know, it's much more fun to walk railroad tracks than it is to walk a paved path. But when we found out they were going to be tearing the railroad tracks out, we decided to walk them for quite a ways. And we ended up walking 13 miles. We took some beer with us, some whiskey, and just took a long walk. And not as impressive as 300 miles of steel, but 13 is a good number, too. And I like uh, walking songs. You know, 300 miles of steel, in addition to just being a good, catchy song by the great Jimmy J. It's, you know, I like songs that are about walking. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I love to walk. Who knew? Who knew that I loved songs about this thing that I love to do? I'm sure there are a lot of songs about things I love to do that I would hate, though. So it's not as simple as that. The equation isn't as simple as that. Uh, But yeah, I I like songs about walking. I like songs that kind of have a a nice stride to them as well. And this last song I'm going to play to close out Every Night's a School Night number 68 is another walking song, but it's a little more esoteric, dare I even say occult, because it's about a dream walking. It's called Did You Ever See a Dream Walking by a guy named Randy Lee. Did you ever see a dream walking? Have you seen a dream walking? Don't ask the visuals. The first song I played on this episode was called Dreams Are For Fools. So we're bookending this episode with songs about dreams. 
but while the visuals said dreams are for fools, I don't think Randy Lee feels the same way. Because he seems pretty impressed by the sight of a dream walking. And I would be too. But in answer to his question, did you ever see a dream walking? All I can say is I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that, but I'll keep my eye out. Did you ever see a dream walking? Well, I did. Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did. Did you ever have a dream feel you with I'm sorry. 
with the help of God, I know I can be strong to make this land our home. If I must fight, I'll fight to make this land our own until is mine.